welcome back to the Meet Us in Paris podcast, the podcast that's all things about travel, be it destinations, customs, food, technology, curiosity about world's sites, we're exploring the world. I am Zen, and with me on the slightly, well, it was a slightly dreary day this morning, is Kristen. Hello. You said it was a slightly what? Dreary. Dreary. Yeah. This oh, morning was sprinkling and now it's beautiful. I don't know what's well, going on. Oh, I know. I didn't get the sprinkles, but oh. I don't think I got the sprinkles either. But I went to get my mail and it was very bright and I felt like I needed sunglasses just to walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the post rain sun. <laughs> yeah. The post rain sun. And as you can hear, someone else is here. It's Emily. Hello. It's me. Hi. Hey. Hey. <laughs> But speaking of Emily, so we have some happy and we have some sad news. Womp, womp, womp. Womp, womp. So our dear Emily has taken up a job offer on the East Coast. So we're super excited to, uh, for her new opportunities. On the other hand, we're a little bit sad as the demands of a new job are going to fill up her time. And with the time change, it's going to make it almost impossible for us to coordinate podcast times with her. So unfortunately this will be the last time we will be regularly podcasting with her. Um, you, Emily, I should say, and we're going to miss you. I'm going to miss you too. I know we dropped the bomb. Like that's just it. There was no warning. <laughs> this, this is your last one. <laughs> well, she kind of dropped it really quickly on us too, but I guess we could figure it out one more week, but. Well, yeah, it is what it is. Well, don't worry. We do have some friends who are interested in filling in Emily's huge shoes um, that we will be introducing you to in July. In the meantime, we've got a lot of things on our schedule, including an interview with a Dennis Litley, mm -hmm. oh, a culinary great. instructor who has traveled the world in search of new culinary delights. Yeah, and we also got lined up another author. I just spoke to their agent who has traveled five years in a very tiny 21-foot boat with his wife around the world. What? And we're yes. That's yes, wild. Five years. And he's written some amazing, interesting stories about some, you know, like, like, being robbed and all those types of Ugh. things. So it's, I'm kind of interested yeah. in hearing about it. So... There's so we'll much find fun. out soon. You guys are doing yeah. all the fun stuff after I go. Well, you'll have to come back. I'm trying yeah. to entice you to come back. I will... Make time for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or I'll be your number one fan now. Whoever yeah. is number one right now, I, I will. <laughs> <be your sense>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but enough about the future. I am still here. We are still recording today. So yep. I was given the opportunity to choose the topic of the day. And despite knowing Kristen and Zen for over two years, they are still a mystery to me. There's still much to be known. <laughs> so I chose to do our three questions format. But before we start with the questions, let's do a short message from our sponsor. When you look back upon your life and you see all the things you achieved, certainly none of them started with inaction. And when you're planning for your next career journey, find us, the University of California, Irvine. We've over 80 convenient online certificates to help you navigate the future, and we're the perfect Sherpa for your next big adventure. Find us at ce.uci.edu. So, welcome back. 
If you don't know the format of three questions, it is simple. All we do is ask each other three travel-related questions that we've been dying to ask, but haven't found a way to fit into any of our other podcast topics. So that being said, now that you know the game, the rules, I will start out with asking Zen what... Um, so I had mentioned offline that my friend is thinking about going to Japan later this year and I may join her. I would love to join her, but we will see what happens. But anyways, I was asking Zen between, there were two questions between Disney, um, what is it? Disney Sea and Tokyo Disneyland. If you mm-hmm. only had one day to go to, you know, one of them one. and choose, which one would you, would you recommend and why? You've been to both Zen? I've been to both. Okay. Okay. So hands down, I would go to Tokyo Sea. And the reason why is, I mean, if you only have one day is uh, Tokyo Disneyland, wonderful. But it is very similar. It's kind of like um, the California Disneyland in an alternate reality. Hmm. So you you go in there, the layout's slightly different. Cosmetically, they look a little different. But in general, so many of the rides are similar to the rides that we have. The experience is kind of similar. When you go to Disney Sea, it's like nothing else that you've seen before. It is like seeing uh, going into a Jules Verne um, amusement park. So um, if you're familiar with Jules Verne, 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea, they have underwater adventures. They have these kind of like steampunk kind of, they have, it's called Aquatopia, but it's like a steampunk kind of ride. They have um, like this huge lake. They they have this 19, I think it looks like the Queen Mary. So it's like the future, um, what the past thought the future might look like. So it's a steampunk kind of amusement park, and it is amazing. Okay. At Tokyo Disneyland, though, are there are rides that are different, that are unique to just yes. Tokyo Disneyland, yes. right? Okay. Yes. But Disney Sea has like is like completely, completely, completely different. It's like a completely different theme and everything. Noted. Okay. And strangely enough, that was originally supposed. The original plans for Disney Sea was supposed to ta- uh, be built in Long Beach, California. Really? Yep. What so, happened? So, in I think it was roughly in the nineties, they actually were going to buy the Queen Mary Port in Long Beach. Wow. Okay. And at that point, the Spruce Goose was there, and the Queen Mary, which is a um uh uh what do you call it, a cruise ship from the nineteen twenties, I think, um. It's still there. The Spruce Goose, which is a boat, I mean, a plane owned by Howard Hughes at one point, um, is no longer there. But they were going to build the theme park over there. And with the recession in like the 90s, they said, okay, we're going to pull the plug and we're not going to do it. And when they were developing the one in in this, uh, in Japan, they said, hey, we got, um, for lack, it was like, we got these plans. We use the plans here in Japan because they it's on a port too. It's on water. Wow. So. Yeah. All right. Thank you. There you go. I'll go next. This no, is just kind on. of random. Um, I'm going to throw it out to everybody. 
Um, <laughs> actually, it's really was addressed for you, Kristen, but let's see what Emily has to say. But like, it seems like you would have an interesting answer to this. What was the most memorable piece of transportation that you've ever used? It could be suspect or just like <laughs> extraordinary, or it just seems like you've gone to a lot of interesting places that maybe you. <laughs> I mean, the, what's I, I actually, as you were talking, I took it two different ways. Like the first one was kind of like the super luxurious, efficient, amazing Shinkansen. In yes. Yes. But, but, but. Then I went the other route, and I'm remembering some of those, like, little motos in Burma. Um, they're almost like... Is that like a tuk-tuk? Yeah, like a tuk-tuk, exactly. Sorry, they're like tuk-tuks everywhere else. India calls them autos, autos, motos, something. Anyways, yeah, and they're like... It's nice, because you just kind of, like, sit in the seat in the back, and it's, like, open air and stuff, but then... I'm sitting there, like, watching the driver, like, pedal his heart out and just feeling like, oh, God, I feel horrible. You're <laughs> so power. unsustainable. And they are not fearful of the streets, and they're in the middle of cars and buses and traffic, and you are just really putting your faith out there that everything's going to be okay. So it's a human-powered one, though. Yes. I, it, I think I was are motorized. Indian. Okay. The Indian ones, I've seen, I mean, I've seen both. They're like all over the place. But, you know, you just kind of like when you're ready to hail one, whatever is there and you take it. And I just remember specifically being on some that were like, you know, human powered and just being like, this cannot be nice. <laughs> I'm sure they're used to it. It's maybe not even like a struggle, but I just, I don't know. I felt guilty taking it for some reason but but it's memorable so i guess that was the qualification how about you emily um okay so i also kind of went the luxurious route and i also thought of the japan train but (laughs) it's more memorable i guess to go the opposite route like Kristen said um so there's also similar not a tuk-tuk but in vietnam they have the little, they're not giant, the motorcycles that we're familiar with here in the U.S. They're like mini motorcycles that they use for transportation. We're all familiar with them, right? Like, yeah, the streets are like crazy. Mopeds or, yeah, they're like yeah. in between moped and gigantic motorcycle. They right. call them Hondas or Honda in the Vietnamese accent because they oh, used wow. to be the Honda brand. I think there's obviously more now, um, but I'm not talking about the ones in the city. So we know that like Vietnam is notorious for the crazy streets. Like, no, there are no, even if there are street stoplights, no one pays attention to them. You literally cross the street and just hope not to die. Um, (laughs) So there's that, which is being a pedestrian, I feel like is more memorable than being on the motorcycle in the city. But when I was younger, probably when I was three or four, one of the first like memorable trips that I remember just like not just from pictures, we went into basically the countryside to visit my dad's like extended, extended family. 
And I think it was like, must've been like a day long trip or something from the city out to the country. And we took like multiple modes of transportation. It was like a big boat and then like a little boat. And then it was um, the motorcycles. But because we were in the countryside, it wasn't paved streets. It was like very much jungly, muddy. And it was the, the road that we were driving on was this thin strip of soup, like very muddy road and very thin strip. So any like false move, I guess you would just topple over into the abyss below. Um, And as a child, a three or four year old, I didn't like comprehend. I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go onto this. They basically were kind of like taxis, but instead of being in a car, they were, they were driving motorcycles. So we hired like multiple motorcycle taxi kind of people and they could only fit one additional person so i went with this random stranger and my mom went with another stranger like behind me <laughs> and i was she was like you have to hold on hold on tight do not let go <laughs> and i was just like obviously i'm gonna like three or four year old in my mind i'm like why would i not hold on right. tight you know? <laughs> and oh thinking that, like i can only imagine how terrified my mom was just like watching from behind like on this yeah. like it was I can only imagine now like how scary that must have been but in my mind I was just like this is normal like we're just on a right <laughs> but yeah <laughs> that probably would be mine memorable nice okay I, I just now I'm going to answer my own question because yeah. I just thought of this when I was a kid in the 1970s and went to Taiwan and when you take a downtown Taiwan you would take a taxi cab I don't know the whole story of it, but they were all individually decorated by the owners of the cab. And so when you would go in there, you would see like their like embroidered headrests and like like um embroidered dash covers in multiple colors with tassels and little like maybe hun- one guy might have hundreds of little buddhas across their dash. And so they were all decorated to the purse by the actual owner of the cab is my assumption. And they were just, I just remember getting in these cabs as a little kid and like every single one, it's just like, Whoa, look at all these really cool little decorations. And I also kind of remember them filled with like cigarette smoke, but that's kind of, (laughs) but that, that was, that was fairly memorable to me. So. Yeah. Sounds like it. Interesting. I think you're up. Well, how are we doing this? I thought we were like going to. I don't know. Are we just posing questions to everyone? Sure. Okay. Um, Okay. Well, this is Uh kind of travel related. If you could, where would you guys time travel to? (gasps) Oh. Anytime? Yeah. Okay. Guys, the limit. Not necessarily something within your lifetime. No, no, no. Of course not. That's the whole point of time travel. Um, I kind of really want to see Britain in like the 1960s. You need to play in the, the, you know, era. Yeah. So like 1960s Britain. Oh, swing in London. Yes. Yeah. Because it's, I don't know. It's just like, I've seen so much of it on TV. Like, I mean, like the combination of like, James Bond kind of stuff, you know, or hats and 
and Austin Powers. And <laughs> Austin Powers in that kind of somewhere right before it became the groovy area and groovy era in the seventies. It looks like London was a fascinating place. You know, the Beatles coming out and that's true. Yeah, but so, they were they were up in Liverpool and stuff. Were they in London? You just mean that time frame? Yeah, that time frame. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of. I've always seen videos and films of it, and it looks just really interesting to me. So, I think my, my mind, I have no, like, I can't even wrap my head around, like, the place, let alone the time. But my initial, like, literally my initial thought was, I want to go when Harry Potter was first, <laughs> like, going on to Hogwarts Express, whenever that was. Um, oh, obviously, man. that's not real life, but I would love to witness Oh, well, sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if I should tell you, but I'm glad I don't have to reveal that to you. <laughs> yeah. like, I also, my mind generally also went to London in, like, late nine, we're not late, yeah, late 1900s, but, like, that was my only reasoning <laughs> no other reasoning um but i'll go behind zen and his reasoning made sense to me um i'd also like to go if so i haven't been back to vietnam since i was like maybe 10 mm-hmm. and the reason because i get attacked by mosquitoes cool. that's really just my main reason because well one i hate humidity and it's always humid there. <laughs> and then two, I don't like getting eaten by mosquitoes. But if those things, if I could like ensure that those things wouldn't happen, I would time travel like maybe 10 years. If I, well, can we go into the future? If we can go into the future, I would like to time travel 10 or 15 <coughs> years into the future to Vietnam where I've heard things right now as far as like construction and things have just, it's like very different from what i've been told but i'd like to kind of see what it's like in 10 15 years from now and see like that version of it also without getting eaten by mosquitoes yes, yes. Oh. Well, i'm assuming if we have the time travel technology technology 1990s I tell myself to keep all my apple stock ah yes <laughs> All right. Well, well, I don't know if you can. You can't mess with anything in the past, you know. I know that's like the one rule from all time travel. <laughs> you can't interfere with your own past. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, How about, about you, Kristen? Kristen? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have an answer. I want to go everywhere. <laughs> I can. I can never decide because I would love to see medieval europe i would love to see like some of the chinese dynasties from like you know whatever like a thousand bc um i don't i don't there's not like one place or time that i'm like this is what i would do i don't know i think (laughs) that's why i was like asking other people maybe (laughs) it would like inspire me i think if we had that technology we can definitely time hop like and and we can go everywhere that we want to go and you know i would appreciate that yeah Okay. Um, I think it's back to me. Okay. What is, this is also just for everyone, at a continental breakfast at your hotel, have I asked this before? What's your go-to thing that you eat? Like, is it the Well, waffle? continental is usually like, we don't have an option. <laughs> well, we have like an option. Bread and fruit. Okay. 
That's what I'm saying. So if you had the options of just like bread, fruit, cereal, oatmeal, like eggs and waffles, like what do you do? Or do you just not do it at all? Coffee. Okay. That's it. Well, I mean, I'll eat the continental breakfast, but it's not necessarily anything there that's a go-to other than coffee. Mm. But I have to have my coffee in the morning. Well, yeah. Yeah. I just love, like, my dream in life is to be able to have no repercussions to my weight and just be able to have pastries and coffee for breakfast every morning. I just live for that. I actually like sometimes continental breakfast because they'll have sometimes easy pastries um, or danishes and things like that. That and coffee, I could just, I just live on that. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I I will go back on that. Is that if wherever I travel and you have a continental breakfast, I usually like to try whatever the pastry is because usually like fruit is fruit anywhere for the most part, but the breads will often be something that's very specific and local. Hmm. Yes. So like when I was in Italy one time, I just remembered Every place I went, and I don't know why, but there was this one type of roll that was about the size of your fist, and it was woven. And if you popped off, the, it was kind of like, it looked like this bulbous woven thing. And if you popped off the top, it was hollow in the inside. And it was must have been like trendy for that period of time, because I afterwards, I never saw it again. But they were, huh. they tasted amazing. So. Love it. You have a go-to, Emily? Um, I I actually had this conversation with my mom when we went on our trip a couple weeks ago because we had continental breakfast. And I was like, when I was younger, I used to always go for the waffles because I never had waffles. Like that was not a regular <laughs> breakfast thing. So it was always like a, a vacation hotel. Like that was my thing, <laughs> waffles. And then I realized that waffles aren't very filling mm. or healthy in a sense um so i would get hungry really fast and then i would be sad because you know food isn't as easily accessible when you're like on the go all the time you know what i mean uh so now it's not really like a go-to like i'm excited to eat it but my go-to now i'll get a bowl of oatmeal (laughs) because that's where I'm at in life now. I get oatmeal. And, and it then, sticks to your ribs. Yeah. And I'll like load it up with all the dried fruit and brown sugar. <laughs> um, but then I'll always take pastries. Like the two of you said, I'll always take pastries to go because those are great snacks. Especially when they have like a banana nut muffin or something. That's yummy. Yeah. All right. This one, if if you could go anywhere, <clears throat> um, if you could go anywhere, I'll even give you the time travel thing <laughs> any time. Okay. Um, to go pick up a, uh, to go shopping, to go shopping. Um. Where would you go shopping? <laughs> no, no. I mean, it, it's not even necessarily for souvenirs, but like of all the places that you've gone and all the things that you've seen, like, and if you could, if I could send you, like, I'm going to zap you there right now for two hours and you could go shopping, we'll give you a credit card too. Where would you want to go? Whoa. 
So probably it should be within your lifetime, so you've experienced it. Oh, man. So I I have kind of two places that are coming to mind, like two things. Um, so one of them, they would be for different things. <laughs> but um, So one would be India, because I Ooh. feel like their stores there are just beautiful. Like I, you stop into stores that sell the most amazing jewels and gems and jewelries, and even just like beautiful or neat trinkets and just very exotic things. And their clothes are like bright and colorful and beaded. Like I felt like every store was just like a feast for the eyes. Um, and then on the other hand, I think of some very, um, Nordic, like I remember being in Copenhagen and that whole, the, I know they call it like the Nordic sense and it's kind of what you get from Ikea, very minimal, clean lines, um, like beautiful, like furniture and decor and pieces, um, that are classy, but not overwhelming. And they're the, basically the complete opposite of India, <laughs> I guess. Um, so it depends if I was going shopping for things or maybe furniture. I don't know. So, how about you, Emily? Mm, that is tough. Yeah. I hmm. I was thinking of like kind of like the shops. Like tr- kind of trinket shop, like the the shops that Kristen's talking about, like that mentioning in India. I was also thinking of those um, in Israel and in Greece. Hmm. But if I had to choose between those, I would probably choose Greece. Greece is more. I would like Israel is more souvenirs. I feel like, and then Greece was more like things I could actually use in my everyday, like jewelry or. I bought, well, actually, I'm wearing the necklace that I bought from there. The sandals I've got there, I wear, like, all the time. So more utility, practical things, also nice, obviously, from Greece. But I don't know. As far as, like, non-jewelry, non-clothing, like, things, like Kristen was saying, furniture or, like, just, I don't know, things, I just want to go to, like, cool antique shops oh yeah like i don't have a specific place i will just like walk into anything anywhere and just see what they have yeah you should should get to orange yeah oh my gosh i went there a couple weekends ago just i don't know why we were there i think we were getting lunch or something and then i forgot orange yeah Yeah. Yeah, Orange. i forgot how much was happening there like yeah it was awesome if you haven't had a chance, there's also the Pasadena. It's in the Rose Bowl once a month. They have an mm, antique mm-hmm. kind of show thing. Yeah. And, and that's known worldwide for to go there and go check things out. Yes. So. Okay. Did you have a thought on that, Zen, what you would do? Um. Okay. Um. This is kind of. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> mine would be Yodobashi Aki, and Akihabara. Oh. Um, it's something called Yodobashi Camera. Okay. And it's a camera, it's supposed to be a camera store, but it's just a, it's almost like a big, huge combination of, I'll say, electronics 
and pop culture, mm-hmm. maybe. And it's, I don't know, it's like probably eight, ten stories tall. And so, like, and it's the biggest store you've ever seen. It's just this huge, massive building. And one whole area is just cameras. And, like, there's another area, like those Robotech kind of Mecha Gundam kind of things. They have, like, a whole area of just hundreds and hundreds of model kits for Mecha. And then there's another area, like, for just video games. And one of the things about the video games, like, controllers, like, they'll have these, like, things that you'll never see in the United States. It's just, like, a one-handed controller for the PlayStation 5 or something crazy like that. (laughs) Or they'll have a special drum kit that goes with one game for the PlayStation 5 that's only sold in Japan. And it's just fascinating to walk around there. They still, you know, in, in Japan... um. Walkmen are still really <laughs> popular, but now they've turned into essentially um, high fidelity iPods. So that is the one place. I, and they had this one. Have you seen the um, the? I, they're essentially gumball machines that drop out toys. There's a name. The gotchas. gotcha. The gotchas. They actually have something like probably 200 gotchas uh, things all in a row. On one of the floors, nice. Just aisles after aisles of those. Yeah, you just put in a, like a couple, like a yen or two or whatever, and and out pops the thing, and it's just like this is amazing. So it's just a store of really interesting stuff. They even have um, people don't know this, but like um, we think uh, you know Seiko the watch, mm-hmm. and they have an area that's dedicated to Seiko watches, but they have an area of the Seiko watches, there's something called a Grand Seiko. And the Grand Seiko is an equivalent of a Rolex. So there, you can get like a Platinum Seiko, Grand Seiko, and they could be $10,000, $20,000, more than $20,000. First, and, and we think of Seiko, that's the cheap mechanical quartz watch, right? Mechanical or quartz watch. Now they have these amazing watches that are based off of technologies that no one else uses it's like a combination of half electronic and half mechanical watch and and they're just beautiful watches so um it's just an interesting store to go into and just go what's that what's that what's that then the other one's zurich Mm. but i don't have money to do to shop in Zurich, so. But you said you would give us credit cards. Yeah, oh, that's true. I'm giving myself credit cards. I'm yeah. going to Zurich. <laughs> You're right, though, that, like, Tokyo, especially, I'm thinking of Akihabara, that's such a great place to go shopping for gadgets and fun things. I mean, even if you're not going to buy it, it's just, like, to go, oh, my God, that exists? That's so cool. Well, I want to get one of the washlet um, toilet seat covers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I would get. You can buy those in the United States. It's not the same if it didn't come from Japan. And I get to say I picked this up in Tokyo. I thought it was funny because when we were uh, leaving Tokyo, both airports, um, um, the two major airports when you're leaving, they they have Haneda and I forget the other one. but Narita. Um, Narita. They have, uh, you can buy toilet seats in the gift shops on your, on your way out. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, that's what mine. A Japanese thing to do. Yeah. Is it my turn again? I can't remember. Um, no, you asked us that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm oh. off the hook. Okay, so it's <clears> me? <throat> yeah. Okay. 
Okay, okay, okay. Um, what is your favorite airport for a long layover? That we've been to or that we want to go to? If you had to have a long layover anywhere in the world, what airport do you want it to be at? The Singapore one. I've never been to the Singapore right? one. I've never but been there, but I would go want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let me think of something I've been to. Um, I don't know. And it could be for any reason. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll. I'll help. You can I'll even not it. make sense. You can do the Singapore airport on your way to Brazil. I don't care. Like, just what's your favorite? <laughs> okay, the, my. I always wanted to go to Singapore. Everyone wants to go to Singapore, right. one, but uh, you know, I think that's the answer for all of us. But okay. I will say the uh, the Taiwan airport. I would want it. Oh, maybe my kid's too old for it now. But they have a Hello Kitty wing. I was gonna say the Hello Kitty in Taiwan Airport. Yes, but <laughs> and they they actually have an indoor playground. Wow! With like a slide, and they have yeah. like slides, and they have like these big, huge six foot figurines, Hello Kind of Kitties figurines. The whole wing is painted pink and stuff like that. It's pretty nice. Yeah, that's a good way to spend your time. But um, yeah, my daughter might be too old now. Oh, I'll I'll go for myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Kristen. Do you have one that's not Singapore? <laughs> um, I mean, knowing, I mean, I'm sure Singapore is amazing if if you haven't been there. But like one that I've been to that I was in awe of was the Hong Kong airport. It's just oh. a giant indoor mall. It's insane. Yeah, I've been there it's too. Like two, three stories of just, I felt like I was in a mall. It was wild. And then they have like great restaurants and stuff like that too. That was a place I could have spent a lot of time. Like you're not at all bothered by however long your layover is. Okay. That being said, okay, given the current world climate, I wouldn't recommend right now. But in general, sure, I have sure. been... To the Moscow International Airport when I was stuck and we couldn't get out because we didn't like have a visa or anything. Yeah. Uh, I remember that story. If you don't, you can go back and find it. <laughs> but basically, uh, same with the Moscow Airport. It's a indoor city. Like they have multiple, ver- like multiple kind of tiers of of what are they called? Like uh, capsule hotels. That's what they're called. Mm-hmm. Capsule mm-hmm. hotels that you can stay at. Which is awesome. So you can sleep there comfortably. And then it's like a mall, like Kristen said. Um, but yeah, you're walking around. There's tons of shops. Like they're, I think they're, I feel like they're open 24 seven or something. Um, mall or shopping areas, restaurants, and then lounges. If you, at least if you have priority pass, I think we bounced around at least three lounges and just got free food. So it's a good nice. deal. Okay. And when it's safe. You should have seen the old airport going into Hong Kong. I can only imagine. Because it used to be it was like downtown Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And like when you're landing it, it looked like you're going to smash right into the mountain. Ooh. That would uh, <laughs> yeah, make me nervous. Well, the airport's so far away. It's just like, you know, that train line. Yeah. But... yeah. Oh, do I? Ha- I think I have one last question to ask. 
Well, Emily has to go first. Oh, I'm out. I don't have, this is just off the top of my head, very kind of wrapping it up in a sense, but if Zen has another question, maybe I'm not wrapping it up. Uh, My question was just to the group. What has been your favorite topic or like podcast so far that we've talked, discussed or recorded? doesn't have to be a specific podcast, but maybe just like the topic, like whatever. We've done so many. I like forget even what we've done. (laughs) You know what? Uh, We just, I just reposted some the last two weeks. Uh, I'll, I'll give uh, two. One was uh, what to pack for your next trip or Mm. like what to pack on the trip. And we had a list of things and we gave out all of our ideas of what to pack. And I learned some things from Kristen and, you know, Lee and whoever. And it's just like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And so I started adding those types of things to my travel list um, when I'm packing to go somewhere. Okay, nice. And then the second one was when we had our uh, friend Sean on. And um, no, a couple of times. But he talked about um, the first time he went to Florence was just, it's just really wonderful. Beyond him talking about his experience, it's neat to hear someone find something new for the first time and fall in love. And that was when he was on the show. It was just like you could hear him how he fell in love with Florence. And that's what I love about travel is just, you know, falling in love with places. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) I actually loved when we did our, um, like battle of the cities, when we would like compare two different major cities. And what I loved about it was that we made it so quantifiable. Like we literally, (laughs) would do like which one is, you know, whatever the better food or which one has better sightseeing and in making it like a data driven decision. That was really interesting to me and it made it more like analytical. And I liked that rather than just being like, well, I feel better in this one. Like I really liked to get into the nitty gritty of like specific cities like that. It was really fun. And I felt like it was kind of like eye opening in a way. So I enjoyed that. We've done that a few times, but I'm remembering, I'm pretty sure we did like London and Paris was one of our first ones. Yeah. yeah. I think we did right? like yeah. a Tokyo, Vancouver one time. Something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. <clears throat> There's I a lot of episodes. Those. Yeah. Yeah. I like those too. Like yeah, what about you, Emily? Scoring. Yeah. I, I would say that kind of battle of the cities, the scoring thing aspect yeah. of it was really fun. And I also liked, um, I mean, I feel like I've learned so many random hacks or not to do things or something like that um, just through our conversation. Um, But I also really enjoy all of Lee's stories because they're just insane. Um, Like you just never know. You wouldn't like, it would only have to differ. (laughs) Yeah. Any episode that Lee was on, right? Yeah. Like when she broke her arm and her hand in Cuba. Yeah, and then she was like oh, helped by like the general surgeon or something of Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> and, and made it in through the back door of yeah. the, the health services there. It's and got, really like, just like only Lee. Like that's <laughs> bizarre to me, but it's always fun. Yeah. Lee always has a good story. Yeah, she she's good for that. Mm-hmm. Love it. Well, heck, I think that's a good way to end this podcast. All right. (laughs)
<laughs> Are you sure you want, you don't want to throw in your um your last thoughts, your last question? Not necessarily. All right. All right. Mm. We won't. I don't want this to end because then that means Emily's gone. <laughs> okay, one more. Okay, okay. fine. <laughs> okay. Yay. All right, we could go one more round. Um what is the most memorable meal that you've ever had? Ooh. Man, I've got a lot of memorable meals. It could be for any reason, positive, negative, experience, well, location. I'm only thinking of good ones, but um, I hesitate to tell this because I feel like I don't have a lot of details. <laughs> like I'm forgetting it, but it, it's very memorable. Um, when I was in Myanmar, I went out, it was for work and we were at a, like a education fair. So a bunch of the other school reps, we all decided to go out to dinner and we found this restaurant that was, it was like a Burmese restaurant, but it was also a very specific cuisine from Burma, like from a specific region, a specific ethnic group. And this is why I'm like, oh, I can't even remember. I feel horrible. I need to remember it. Um, but it like it wasn't just Burmese food, which to me would have been like very exotic and fun anyways. But it was like a very specific cuisine of Burma. And it was just indescribable it was exotic and amazing and i feel like i had dishes and flavors i didn't even know existed um and it no one knew what we were getting we were just kind of everyone just ordering random stuff and we're well we'll figure it out when it gets here kind of thing and it was just that's like the reason you travel to find food like that that you had no clue could have existed otherwise and what good is it if I can't even remember the details? I don't know. It's not in my mind. It's there. So. It sounds wonderful from what you remember. It was a, a delicious dinner, savory flavors, and definitely like a South Asian cuisine. That's what I can give you. <laughs> so take from that what you will. Um, I feel like there must be, like I have memories of just, eating like like the first bite of something and like mm. having a reaction of, like this is amazing but i can't remember anything where it was what i ate anything like that um except for one that i can't remember it was when i went to santorini greece mm. uh, that was like 2019 so like three almost three years ago which is crazy um but we my friends and i went to me made reservations at this seafood restaurant that our airbnb host had recommended and i don't even know if we looked up the readings or anything on TripAdvisor or whatever we would just like trusted our airbnb host because she was great and it was at if you're not familiar with how the island of santorini is on one end is ia which is that picturesque that town that you see in all the pictures of Santorini, like all the white buildings on like the cliff on the edge of the island kind of thing. Um, and they have these steps that like famous steps that you can walk down and you kind of access the bay area, but it's a lot of walking. And we had made reservations at dinner or for dinner, not realizing how crowded the town would be because 
when it's dinner time, there's also a sunset and the sunsets in Ia are crazy. And we had heard that, but we didn't realize how that would affect our travel because we basically took us a long time to find parking. And then once we did find parking, we had to like weave through masses of crowds who were just on the edge of these steps, which we had to go down the steps to get to the restaurant, but they were all just crowded around watching the sunset. And then our, I think our reservation was for like 7 PM or something. And I don't think we got to the restaurant until like eight because of how long it took to get down. We had to, you know, park, get through all the people, like run down all the stairs, all the steps. And then we sat down. They were really nice, sat us right away. And it was the most kind of simple seafood, but so good. Like mm. I think I just had like a shrimp pasta kind of shrimp scampi-ish thing. And they actually, we ordered squid or fish or something and they had us go pick out the squid or fish that we wanted to eat. So we had to like wow. pick it, brought it out. Like it was, I think the combination of the effort that it took to get there plus like just real, just good local seafood was delicious. Love it. Nice. And by the way, I'm doing a little bit of research and I think the cuisine was from the Shan state of Burma, S H A N. So if anyone's really interested, <laughs> do some digging with that. The Shan cuisine from Burma. Mm -hmm. Nice. I don't know where else you can even find it, but I'm sure it exists somewhere. Anyways, your answer then is? Oh, um, <clears throat> it would have to be, it was, uh, um, so this was before my daughter was born and my wife and I were running around in Hong Kong and my wife isn't as adventurous when it comes to food or, and this is when we, uh, she started traveling internationally with me, especially in Asia. So she wasn't used to it. And we were in a night market in Hong Kong and the night market, I suspect I, I can't, I think it was the temple street, um, of uh, temple street market is that we were, it's like, it's, it's late at night. We're hungry. Night markets going on. We're smelling this amazing food and it's just, and it, it's just like everyone's running around, all the lights, people are buying stuff. There's very noisy. And I was like, where's that food smell come from? And it's coming from a corner. And it looks like this little tiny shop was underneath a bridge. And it was just like, and you look back at the bridge and the, the floor is kind of grinding me. And if you've ever been to Asia, they have like lots of places where they got these tables that are super low. They're like two feet tall and the feet chairs are like one foot tall and i think it's designed specifically and they're even too short for the locals they're trying to design it so that you don't hang out they want you to leave <laughs> um and so I, I was like let's go eat there and she's like but it looks dirty i go look they're cooking fresh food and the other thing is as long as it's cooked for two minutes at 212 degrees it's sterilized and it's fine and it's just like she wasn't so sure. And it's like, okay, we're going to get a couple things. It was like a stir fry, you know, like something noodles. And then we sat down at this little table in the corner underneath this bridge, and it's completely dingy. And it was possibly the best Asian meal I ever had. Wow. And it was like dark and grimy. And it was just like, this is why this thing is open. <laughs> and this is why people keep on coming here. And it was 
dirt, dirt cheap. I think we. I think we paid like 12 bucks for the two of us. Wow. You know, 12 bucks American at the time. And it was so, so cheap. And I'm like, and that is what kind of, um, I just remember that specifically because just watching the people go by, how noisy it was, watching the people cook in front of me. And it was just such a neat experience. Um, and beyond, and also the food was amazing. And I bet you won't find it on Yelp. Right. You, you know what? You'd be surprised. These days, those types of places show up on Yelp now. Maybe. Oh, um, good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I mean, this is way before Yelp. But that kind of also helped her. It opened up her mind of, oh, you know, Asia's, you know, like if you saw that like a Mexican restaurant or an you know, American restaurant, it's like, don't go there. But as an Asian restaurant, it's like, oh, that's a sign of excellence, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. L- let me ask you, and maybe, you know, Zen, maybe this is cause for like a whole nother podcast um, uh-huh. that we can do, but how, how old was your daughter the first time you took her on like a long flight? Four hours at one year and one month? Or Sorry, how long was that flight? Four hours? Oh, I mean, I'm talking about like transatlantic, transpacific. Five years old. Okay. She went to Japan. Okay. So, however, I mean, Japan is roughly, I mean, because we, I forget how many, I would say that's about, about seven hours or eight hours. To Japan? Because, well, we, we, no, we it's we, like 12. Longer? I can't even remember. 14 something. It's long. It's like 14 because we okay. the layover. All right, 14. Okay. It, maybe it, all I remember is that one time we went up to, we flew into San Francisco, and from San Francisco, we went over and, okay. and it was, we didn't go to Haneda. We didn't, which, uh, the other one. So, Narita, well, I've got more questions, and I'm just realizing we should do a parent podcast because there's okay. a lot to talk about. Let's do it. But sorry to interject with that, but um, I was curious, and your Asian dinner sounded delightful. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> okay, we'll write it down for things cool. to talk about in the future. Yeah. Um, okay. I, just a comment on your question, Kristen. Yes. Um, I think my mom always likes to joke that she never rides first class. She doesn't care to ride first class because she's a small person and doesn't need like the extra room or anything like that, but the one time she did ride first class was when she was traveling alone with just me and my brother. And I think she said I was like, I was still a baby, maybe like one, maybe two, like (laughs) under, like triggered already at the age at which you don't need to buy like a seat kind of. Um, And she was like, I took you on a first class like flight and you, and it was just from California to Boston. So not even international. Um, and you cried the entire time. And <gasps> since then, I have never taken a first-class flight. <laughs> uh, my, it hurts. I'm, <laughs> when I was nine months old, I was the first grandson for my grandfather. And, and he was living in Taiwan, and he couldn't come to the United States. So he bought me, my sister, and my mom first-class tickets. No, no, it was just me. I'm sorry. It was just me. It wasn't my mom oh, and wow. I first-class tickets to go see him in Taiwan. So there's, here's a nine-month-old baby in a first-class seat. I don't remember it. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was, at the same time, it's like it's a story my mom said, you know, you're going to be a – 
I always knew you're going to be a spoiled kid. <laughs> <laughs> this is remind me, Zen, tell me if you've ever had these comments. I have a good friend who um, his family is from Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And he said that very often if people are like, oh, like, where's your family from? And he says, Taiwan, their response is, oh, I love Thai food. Oh, no. That doesn't happen to you? No, no. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's so humiliating on behalf of, you know, crazy Americans. Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm glad that you have not experienced that. (sighs) Well. That sounds like a natural end to this. Good last laugh. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this three travel questions podcast. And thank you for listening to me for however long I've been part of this. I'm going to miss talking to both of you and Lee so much every week. You know, it's like, it's so helpful just to hear other people's voices sometimes that I know. Um, but also just to like dump information out that I just like need to get out about travel it's always fun with you guys but Mm. I will try to stop by every once in a while to do those data dumps I guess (laughs) 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 until then I hope you guys had as much fun as I did to our listeners let us know what you think you can contact us on our social media channels where you can find photos of our adventures from around the world interesting articles and more also if you're newer to our podcast check out some of our older destination podcasts on new zealand london and of course southern california to name a few migelson paris is a university of california irvine division of continuing education production If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or seeking a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for their professional courses. And thanks again for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye.